Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. This is season 16, episode 10. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm good, Tane. Uh, life is busy for both of us, but we're making it. Making it through. But it's okay. Hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be on vacation soon. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, what are we sharing with the people this week? So, we did a recap of the Real Housewives of Potomac three-part reunion on our Patreon. It's It's been up for, like, a very short amount of time, but someone has already messaged us and said it's the best conversation they've heard about Potomac, which I took as a compliment because between all my podcasts, I've listened to a lot. So I'm like, if this person is listening to what I'm listening to and they think ours is best, thank you. And you know who you are. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, because for me also, I think it was really fun talking about it. Like, it's really good. I'm really grateful for our podcast. Like, yeah, we talk about maps, but it's also good for us that we watch a lot of reality TV and people are like, huh? It's good to let it all out. (laughs) In one place. So we also appreciate you guys guys listening to us because it's like, we're not speaking into the void. (laughs) (laughs) And so if you want to check out that episode, go find it on our Patreon. We will also have After Party Up as usual on our Patreon uh, on Monday. And then we, as Tane said, she's going on vacation. So we are going, next week's episode is going to be delayed. Usually we would have it out on Friday, March 17th, but this time it'll be out on Tuesday, March 21st. So don't panic when you don't get an episode next week. It's coming. It's coming. (laughs) All right, Tane, what's going on? Oh, what is not going on? We are not and cannot and shall not start this episode without talking about the scandal of it all. (laughs) My goodness. My goodness. I was at work earning my paycheck. I'm scrolling and I see... Sandoval and Ariana broke up and then I'm like trying to end, but my eyes are seeing due to an affair with Raquel. I'm like, what (laughs) brain cannot comprehend impossible, cannot compute. And then from there, it went into a snowball. It was more information every hour on the hour. I can't tell you how many friends of mine have started watching from jump. (laughs) I told eight, I had a, I had to record a rundown of everything. It was a six minute voice notes because my friend was like, you have to give me a breakdown of what's going on. <laughs> and she got on Peacock <laughs> and started watching. And then I forwarded to a few people who asked because I'm glad I had it. Cause I cannot give that breakdown over and over again, but wow. In real time, what a story. What a story. The impact was really something. I sent Tane this thing. There's this news guy I follow, Mo. Maybe some of you have heard of him. The man only reports, I mean, he does pop culture, but he mainly does serious news. And the only time I've seen Bravo on there is maybe Jen Shaw and maybe Tom Girardi. Federal court cases. But so many people were messaging him about Vanderpump Rules that he felt the need to sum it up for people who'd never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's quite disgusting. Then it's just devolved into a whole bunch of conversations. Like there are people saying, you know, they all cheat on each other, which is not a lie. They've all cheated on each other. (laughs) Ariana, I don't care how much they say they, nothing happened. 
he cheated on Kristen with Ariana. So he cheated with the Miami girl. I mean, Jack's cheated. Kristen has cheated. Everyone has cheated on each other. But everyone is like, I said, I don't see a path forward for Sandoval on the show because who's going to film with him? Schwartz. Yes, Schwartz. That's it. What are we going to do? <laughs> Two all the time? Like, if anyone else, I would have been like Sheena and Brock, but you fucked with Ariana and Ariana is her best friend. So that's not going to happen. No one's going to film with Raquel. So I, I, I don't know what the path forward is. Maybe they'll forgive. And everyone says it happens all the time, but we are in different times, guys. And they're all older. They have babies now. I just, I, I don't know. Maybe they can have it in their heart to forgive. And I think the difference is just like, they were there for Raquel the entire time. But the other thing I keep thinking is, for people who weren't dating, they, they sure do have a lot of experiences together. There, there's a lot of pictures like they were dating. Apparently they spent Christmas together in his hometown in Missouri. There's pictures of them at Coachella. And apparently that's the Tom that she kissed and not Sandoval, not Schwartz. And then she's with him at all his concerts. And all. I'm like, that's a lot of footage <laughs> for people. They have matching lightning necklaces and it just gets worse. And Sheena apparently gave her a black eye. The pictures just leaked today. And then she There's no black eye. That is a stretch. Um, <laughs> the bruise. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm like looking for a shadow over something. I mean, it's, I think the part that gets me, I am not huge into Vanderpump rules, but I think I have a basic understanding that all of these people are terrible. Yeah. So I'm very amused with everybody in the cast coming out as if they are some sort of moral paragons yeah. to condemn this. And don't, it's condemnable. But it's almost funny that there's such a big reaction to something, like you said, they all have done. Yeah. she. I mean, the introduction to the show was Real Housewives of Beverly Hills of Sheena sitting with Brandy because Sheena slept with her husband. <laughs> Very axis of the show. Like, Kristen did the same thing, slept with her best friend's man in another room while he, she was in another room. So I don't know where everybody has a moral high horse. Let's not talk about Lala. Like, Everyone's giving the girl too much hype. Like, I love Lala. I love her confidence and all that. But in recent years, she's doing too much. Not a fan of the black scent. She's turning this thing to something about her. I think there was merch or something. I don't know. But I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, she keeps saying, we all know Randall lied and he was married and you can't cheat on a married man. What are you saying? And everyone else hyping her up, like, yeah, it's good. I think the worst part of the conversation for me is everyone saying Kristen, Jax, Stasi, and all of the people should come back. And at first I was like, oh my God, it would be good to see what they did and come back. And I was like, actually, no. What they did was horrible. Like, I'm not going to forget what they did to Faith. And, you know, someone was like, someone made a, made a comment on Twitter that Kristen was a scapegoat. I wasn't sure I read right. And I actually asked and said, you thought they were scapegoats? And they said, yes. Like there were many other things that happened in the Bravo verse that were just as bad or worse. And so they were scapegoated. And I sat and I like, what was worse than calling the cops on a black girl that was not in any vicinity of whatever or accusing her of stealing things? Like it's a joke. Like it was funny. That's her life. So I don't know when everybody forgets and they want the drama, I get it. And I, I guess, I mean, Kristen's coming back or they just want commentary and we're supposed to forgive. 
I get it. But then when my friend was rewatching from the beginning, she's like, please tell me the public hated these ladies because they're so mean. I don't want to forget how mean they were. They were mean. They were mean people. So I don't and also people keep on saying like, oh, we want commentary. I don't know what interesting or insightful commentary anybody's got to present. Also, it's just cheating. The only people who I kind of <laughs> want to hear from are Ariana and Tom himself themselves. Because I want to know exactly what they did, when they did it, and how they did it. I hope they'll tell us that. Yeah. Also, if you want their commentary, they're on social media. They don't. They can't help themselves. <laughs> They've been talking. Team Ariana, Team Ariana. It's funny. Jack said, how is there any, is there Team Ariana? There are no sides. There's no teams. It's just her. <laughs> who knew Jax could make sense <laughs> but yeah Lisa's gonna be on Watch What Happens Live apparently Jax and Brittany are gonna be on Watch What Happens Live but it's a hot mess we'll see how this goes I really want them to show up at the reunion but she filed a course thing, a court thing and it's the same day as the reunion so I don't know we'll see how this goes we'll see I don't like it when people start filing restraining orders and I guess if she really did punch her, then of course she needed to, but it better it better not have been just preemptive, you know, like trying to get ahead. Oh, it is preemptive. <laughs> there is no way. It is preemptive. Like, it's just, it's a hot mess. It's a hot mess. Just foul. But anyways. And if you don't watch Vanderpump Rules, apologies. <laughs> I do not apologize. <laughs> Had to get that. Your head was probably spinning like, who are these people? What are they the only reason that I could really keep up with this conversation is I just happened to have picked up Vanderpump Rules and I've watched every episode this season. And that leads to like reading more background about things that I may not have known as much about. So this was the perfect time for this drama to hit for me. I'm sorry. I'm highly offended. Why are you reading in the background when you have me? Well, things like... Raquel is not because she's not part of the originals like she's kind of newer to the I didn't really know who she was I just knew her as James's ex then I find out like more about her that apparently she's always been seen as a good person that Ariana has been a good friend to her um that kind of stuff I was like oh okay that gives me context for what I'm watching the next thing I know it's like oh and she slept with Ariana's man Oh, and she also sleeps with Garcelle's son. But then the other context is that everyone has always seen her as a social climber and she's always been a fan of the show and she got on the show through, I mean, she started dating James because she wanted to get on the show. Hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot of that. But anyways, um, bringing it back to maths, you can come back now. Denver, we were talking about the seasons and the renewals and all of that. And um, and we got something from Kiara. Hi, Kiara. Letting us know that uh, Denver has uh, filmed, I believe. And I think you confirmed that, Aid. Yes. So it looks like we have two more seasons in the bag because they've also started looking for Chicago. Looks like Chicago Part 2 is a go. So... Denver and Chicago are the next two locations that we should be looking forward to. And I hope they've learned from these seasons and fingers crossed, but who knows? I I need something. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, oh, we didn't talk about Love is Blind is coming. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. Mm, like all the good TV is hitting like March 23rd. It is. Um, I follow a lot of TV critics and they were complaining like all the streamers and networks are dumping everything in Q1 and they're like, who do they expect to watch this? I don't know. They can ask that question many times. We all, we all are. Eventually. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll For figure me, it out. Love is Blind 
and Ultimate Girls Trip and Ted Lasso. So I think all three of those are in the same weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, A week apart. Ted Lasso okay. is March 15th. Okay. Yeah. So I saw a picture of McKinley working out and I just had this realization that it looks like after maths, the men just hit the gym hard and the women just travel hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just say it's the same journey that they all take. I'm like, are, are you still working or do you work for someone who gives you generous vacation time? Because they're just always on the move somewhere or the other. But I mean, according to the intros, everybody on maps works out a lot. <laughs> it is true. So. It's true. <laughs> Anyways, um, the question is, is Kristen from San Diego the next Mindy? Because it looks like she was in Houston hanging with Ryan Ignacio, that's from Houston, Ben from San Diego, and Zach from San Diego. They all went to the rodeo together. And what an interesting group. <laughs> it's the mass family, you know, I, I living their best lives. Um, last week I mentioned that Jamie, uh, just told everyone that she got some devastating news and she'll share later. The news was that she could not find her mom. And she says as soon as her, so her mom suffers from addiction and her mom has always told her that if she ever got a call from this particular friend, then it probably means that she's dead. And she got the call that the friend couldn't find her. She says her mom has been missing a lot of times. But this time they just couldn't find, you know, where she was. So when she called, she just told Doug that she had a feeling that this time her mom is dead and she just felt it. But her mom is not dead. Her mom is um, alive, thank God. But I'm just mentioning this because I know we give Jamie a hard time. But, you know, it's a reminder of the hard childhood that she got. And just dealing with addiction cannot be easy. And just always wondering if, you know, are they dead? Are they alive? And not knowing where they are was... um, yeah, just why I bred it up. So I hope she's okay, and I hope she finds a way to get better. I have a lot of sympathy for Jamie in this regard. I really do. Yeah. Um, but mining this for social media likes, it's just there is no bottom. Um, I think when it comes to Jamie, everything about that area is moot because she will mine anything. I think if if we've seen her child have a seizure and she put that on social media and she tells us, you know, when she goes to the fertility doctor and films herself in the doctor's office, there's the sky's the limit for her. So that's just who she is. And, you know, I guess there are people who appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate the openness, but the idea that you're going to be like, I don't know, leaving us in suspense as to what yeah. is going on and then finding out that what you're keeping us in suspense is, is whether you know for sure if your mom is alive or not with us. I just, I, yeah, I think that's what I would do differently. I will not say anything at all and just say, Hey, I got devastating news and I thought this had happened, but thankfully my mom's okay. But to do a kind of to be continued, like it's a TV series, like a cliffhanger. I don't know. People are different and that's the path she chooses. Um, Taylor from the DC season, I saw a clip of her with her friend who was featured on the show and his son, and she captioned it, 
the one man who has never or will never fit, who has never disappointed me or always something to that vein is always with me all my life or whatever. And I'm like, huh? Isn't that boyfriend that? And then the next time I go through her Instagram and everything's been scrubbed off. Hmm. At some point I was like, maybe we were partially blocked or something, but it's scrubbed off and there's just six pictures, no pictures of the boyfriend. And yeah, the only man to never let me down. So I'm assuming there has been a breakup, but I don't know. Maybe they just had a fight and they'll get back together. But that is my assumption as of now. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. That's it for the couples. But a few things to address, guys. Last week, we got a lot. <laughs> a lot of comments about the way we say... Kirsten. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared to say it. Okay. We got direction on how to say it. It's like cur like fur so it's kirsten not kirsten. yeah not kirsten like we've been saying it's kirsten so i think we got it down but i just want to give a disclaimer if we fall <laughs> if we slip and we say it wrong we got it we got all the messages we appreciate it we're doing our best and i'm just gonna be kirsten kirsten is what it is hopefully we're getting it right but thank you for the messages and we, we, we're going to try this episode. And the last thing I want to bring up is T-Mob posted a message um, on last week's post on the episode where she said, why does everyone say that Mac moves a lot? Like he's 34 and lived in three states. That's not a lot. The first one, Michigan, wasn't his choice. That's his family home. So he grew up there. Then went to California to work in marijuana. Now he lives in Tennessee where he works in construction. I don't think I knew that about him, but um, Shaq has moved more than Mac and Shaq has talked about possibly moving again in the future for work, but doesn't get the same stigma as Mac. Why? Because Shaq has an apartment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and I want to be clear, team up. Thank you for the question and the comment. I I guess we weren't clear. When I'm giving Mac crap for his living situation, it is not about moving a lot. Yeah. It's about not being settled where he is. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like there's a lot of people who have been giving flack. I don't know necessarily us because we were just saying, like like you said, why are you not settled if you're ready for marriage? I just think you should be settled. But the moving around, I think it's interesting. People have mentioned that Mac is on the go. Like he's ready to go at any time. But to your point, if you're not settled, it, it gives the impression that you're ready to go. But Shaq seems settled in Tennessee. And like I guess this episode, he's very settled in Tennessee. So, but thank you for the question. So moving into this episode, how did you feel about it? It was boring. (gasps) I liked it. Okay. There were parts (laughs) that I did like, but overall, on one hand, I will give that the season is going by very quickly. I think it's because I'm very busy. (laughs) Um, But this season's going by very quickly, but it's not because the show is going quickly or being super interesting. What do you think? So I, I I don't know. I think it's just moving because time is a construct. Like everything in life is just moving so fast. I wake up every day and I'm like, it's Wednesday again already. So that's what (laughs) I attribute to that. But I like this episode because I feel like it was kind of like a throwback to a balance of not major drama, but like the, 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 uh, was there and the tension was there. And then I pause and I'm like, hold up. Was Dom and Mac, were they the problem? 
Is that why? <laughs> is that why this episode was lighter? But I have kid. But um, I just felt like it wasn't so contentious. I guess like there were just sweet moments, even with the couples that were not like in love or anything. There were just sweet moments there. That and that's all we asked for. We just want the sweet moments and the tension and final balance. And I think I got that from this episode. Okay. All right. Everybody's progressing. I'll give them that. <laughs> All right, let's dive in. So we are in day 19 of the experiment. Uh, Pastor Cal says that they need to focus on what they need and they need to forge um, a connection. So we start with Jasmine and Eris and we find out that Eris is on day two of testing positive for COVID and he has been quarantining. Um, He says that Jasmine has a long work day, so he's fending for himself. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, wow. That is weird. Like, you're 39. Fending for yourself. (laughs) Who else is supposed to fend for you? Tane, have you had COVID? Not that I know of. I've never had... The only reason I say that is because when I went for my physical one year, I tested for antibodies and I had it. But I didn't know whenever that was. Okay, I've had it twice. Testing (laughs) and everything. And because I'm vaccinated up the wazoo, maybe, and everybody's different. Yeah. But when I had COVID, I had a, I felt like I had a cold. It was actually shocking that I had COVID because I felt like I had not even the worst cold I've ever had. Just a regular old cold. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm like, what does he mean by fending for himself? Like, <laughs> you can still walk. You're a little I, tired. <laughs> I mean, he did sound congested, but, you know, he's just being a drama queen. Um, so Jasmine says she will be there for him as best as she can. So then we move on to Gina and Clint and Clint does a video call with his mom and she asks if he's having a good time. And he says, yeah, they have a good time, but they've had snafus that they have the social aspect down, but they don't know. He doesn't know where it's taking them. He says that she's focused on her work and he wants to know her in a deeper level. And his mom says it takes time. The camera makes it a point to show him like just bouncing his foot, like he's anxious He asked her, like, as a business owner, does she find it hard to take time for herself? And she says she does, but the first year, it took up a lot of time. She says in the beginning, she did, but for sanity, you have to break away from that. Clint says that's an interesting perspective, but he believes in work-life balance. He says they have to go a far distance in a short period of time, and he just doesn't know if they can do that. We move to Nicole and Chris, who are there for a couple's massage. They're saying all these nice things about their marriage. Nicole says she likes their marriage, coming home to him, waking up to him. She asks him that um, he hopes that he's not missing anything because of something she's not doing. And he says, no, just, I mean, do what feels natural to you. And she says she just wants to make sure, like, both their needs are being met. I was wondering where the questions are coming from because someone was asking questions in the background. I'm like, is it the producer or is it the masseuse? Because then I hear, I still don't know who it was. I saw the caption and then I hear like, do you all massage each other? I'm like, um, I like my masseuse is quiet. Like, why are we talking? Like, it's a relaxing, don't stress me out. This is already a stressful thing that we're going through. So he says, you know, touch is their love language for both of them. And she goes, that's funny because it was never a love language for me. And it was actually, physical touch was actually at the bottom. But since they were married, it's number one for her. Um, (laughs) She says every day she feels more secure in his feelings for her. 
Um, we move on to Kirsten and Shaq. Um, her, she calls her friend Elise and Elise asks her how being married is. She says the honeymoon was amazing. And the next best highlight was moving into the apartment and just saying that makes her smile that she was happy and she felt blessed at the same time. I, I, I was taken aback. I think I tweeted like Kirsten, this you, uh, Kirsten, this you, like, who is this? What is happening? You're blessed. The honeymoon was amazing, and the next best highlight was moving in. <laughs> Did I miss <laughs> something? So she says that she's, but she's hoping and waiting for his work schedule to go back to nor- normal so they can spend time together. Her friend says, like, yeah, that he has to consider his marriage a second job and he just has to make time. She says that she tried to stay up for him last night, but then she fell asleep. She explains that, you know, he's hosting these late night events for the students, so that takes up all of his time. Kirsten says she's trying to be patient and she wants to make sure that she is a priority and it's important to make time for her. She says she's not needy, but in this process, they need to make time and he has asked her for grace. Elise says that she should carve something out so they can do something together because she knows that an emotional bond is important for her to say yes. I find it interesting because I'm like, isn't this summer? I I don't know much about his job, I guess, because I would think summer would be a slow time for someone in academia. Um, I mean, there's summer classes. There's but that. I don't even think he's a teacher. He teach. Yeah. But it's mostly this mentorship that he does that takes his time. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So, I don't know the details on that, but yeah, that's really what takes his time. So then we see Aries and Jez- Jasmine. Um, he's saying that Jasmine made him some vegetable soup and in ter- and it was pretty good. But in terms of nursing him, he gives her a seven. Excuse me. it's not a good look yeah I don't have any words I'm just gonna leave it like that but also it didn't look like he was isolating he was on the couch and she was just around him and I'm like she's still going to work so maybe he wasn't contagious anymore I don't know I'm like did he have a negative test by then is this a recreation? Because they could do anything while he was actually positive. I'm sure the crew was like, we're not coming around. <laughs> That's true. It was the Dateline cam too. So, um, Gina and Clint. Clint stops by her salon, <clears throat> Sola Salons, if you missed it. Although somebody pointed out that it's like a, not a franchise, but it's a business that, you know, rents out or gives out space for Yeah, I just owners. drove by a Sola Salon in Houston. So yeah, it's a, uh... I don't know what it is, though. I'm like, is it a chain? Is it a franchise? Is it a... Uh, interesting. Yeah. And honestly, like I said, I did not think Gina was on this show to promote her business until Clint mentioned it, and now I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> because I don't know if... No, we have. I was trying to say I don't know if we've seen people at their jobs, but it's not a common thing on maps. Why did I think that Gil took Marilla to the firehouse? Did that happen? I remember him at the firehouse. I don't remember him taking her. Okay. Maybe it happened, but I don't remember it happening. Okay. Um, so I'm sure we've had occasions where we've seen people at work, but it's not like a thing thing that maps does to my knowledge that we've seen often, um, over the years. 
Um, she says that she's nervous about introducing Clint to her co-workers. They're not her co-workers. They're her employees, right? I would think so, but I wonder yeah. if this is, because she just got the loan. So is this her old salon? And we're yeah. not seeing her new salon? My guess is that it's the old salon because she did say she was under construction. And when he walked in, he she was saying how tight the space was. And I'm sure she's not spending all that time to move into a tight space. So my guess is the old one. But they didn't make that immediately clear. Like, this is not Gina's salon. This is just the salon she works at now. Yeah. Because if it's Sola salons, that's not hers. She got a space. Hmm. Okay. So she says they have accepted that they need to make emotional intimacy um, uh, happen in their relationship. And that comes by sharing. She gives him a tour of the space. He cracks a joke about the sink being a bidet. The coworker does not seem amused, but Gina is laughing her ass off. Like it's the funniest thing ever. And then the coworker says she envisioned him. Like she, the coworker is like, I don't know why I'm saying coworker. I don't know what she is to her, but the person who works at her salon was like, (laughs) (laughs) was like, are you messy? And they both say, no, that's Gina and Clint. And she's like, huh? I just thought you'd be messy. And Clint is like, okay, why? I don't present well. Do I look like, like, where'd you get that from? And she said she envisioned him being messy because he's a jokester. Like most people who have like, you know, bathroom humor and stuff like that. She just thinks they're messy. Interesting. (laughs) Do you agree? No. (laughs) I think it's one of... It's one of those things you can't explain. You look at someone and you'd be like, you're X, Y, Z. Why? I don't know. I just know it when I see it. But ask me to explain. I don't know how to. So. Okay. Clint says, Gina is really pulled into her work. But seeing her work, he's in, seeing her work, he's impressed. And, you know, how she has herself together. And he's attracted to that. But success is one aspect of your life. And he wants to make sure that they make time for each other. In my head, it's what you said. They had a conversation and they're just sticking it out to the end. But Clint really looks like he's putting in an effort. Yes. So I don't know where they go from there. But we'll be right back to talk about Chris and Nicole's date night. They say time waits for no one and neither should payday. To keep your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get earn in. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use the money you get from Earn In to make sure you have your spending money ready for your fun spring break trips to the beach. Make Earn In a part of your financial routine and join Earn In's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earn In, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earn In today. That's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Alto Call on the podcast because when you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's Alto Call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. 
If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, which happens to be my favorite, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. Each can of Recess is a lightly sparkling mocktail made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. They taste just like your favorite cocktails, without the alcohol. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. And we're back. So Chris and Nicole are a date night. Nicole says that there's this place that she's always walked by and she's always wanted to show him her neighborhood. And they went to a place that she wanted to always go with someone else. So Chris says they're growing every day and he's proud to call her his wife. Um, I don't know what this place was. She was trying absinthe for the first time. It was like a drink where she poured, I guess, absinthe over sugar and his drink was blue. I don't know if there was absinthe in his drink. It looked pretty boring. But Nicole says that obviously they're married and the goal is to grow in love, but it would make her feel better if they could talk about it. She said she doesn't want to withhold it to the point where he doesn't know what she feels. She tells us that she feels whoever feels it first, that's I love you, should say it first. And she would love for that person to be Chris. (laughs) I was like, honey, you contradicted yourself a little bit there. Oh, whoever feels it should say it first, but it would make me happier if he felt it first and said it first. (laughs) So Chris tells her that he would not like to feel pressure And he wants it to be said when you're ready. Once again, guys, he's not a pushover. Don't spin that narrative. She goes on this thing of, yeah, you're right. Because even on days that we don't like each other, we still know that we love each other. I don't know how you felt, but something about this episode, everything Nicole did seemed kind of textbook. Like, I don't know if she's fully being herself or if this is her. I remember, I know someone, a listener last week was like, Nicole is like a professional wife. Like, she's just taking on that role. (laughs) Very, um, she just dove into it. And she's always trying to, what's the word? Is it reassure him? Like, if we do things, I just want to make sure that you don't have anything. Oh, if we do this, just want to make sure both of us are doing this. And it's not like she's saying anything wrong. Like she's saying all the right things, but it's almost not letting it be organic when they already have all the ingredients for it to be organic. I don't know if that's making any sense. It makes sense. But I think Nicole's whole thing is that everything has to be intentional. Okay. So she doesn't want to leave anything to chance, success or failure. Okay. And there are pros and cons to that. The pros I think is that she's determined that they will talk out every single thing. Yeah. From the outside looking in though, you're like, but do you really have to? Like, (laughs) can you, can you let things breathe a little? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but on the flip side, we always say they only have eight weeks. You need to dive into it. And after the eight weeks, maybe you can breathe and then you feel like you put your all into it. So I'm not faulting her for it. Am I? No, I'm not faulting her for it. I'm just noticing that. I think because I feel they already have the ingredients, um, she should just let it be. But you make a good point. Like being intentional, like she might as well. What do you have to lose? So, And being anticipatory. But I also like always going in saying, well, I don't want you to be upset about X. So I'm like doing insurance. I don't want you to be. And it's like, yeah, you're checking in. But on the other hand, you're also setting up your mind for a lot of problems that may or may not exist. Yeah. Just let things be. So Chris says to us that he feels like Nicole definitely wants him to say it first, but in the (laughs) past, good read, but in the past, he said it before he was ready. And it's one of those things that you can't take back. And you definitely want to make sure you say it when you mean it. He tells her there's no timetable. It could be a month. It could be three months. And right now what I know, it's not the time. And that's all to it. (laughs) So-called pushover Chris. Mm -hmm. So-called. So, yeah. I think I like that in a short amount of time, he knows his wife. (laughs) (laughs) So Dr. Pepper tells us that, um, some of the couples are slow to grow. And sometimes when they see them struggling, they see them struggling to grow on an emotional level. They give them extra work and we see Clint open a card and he's like, Holy moly, that's a lot. He's so dramatic. (laughs) So she says to help the couples maximize their potential for love, they're giving them deeper topics to discuss. So like I mentioned, we start with Gina and Clint. They encourage them to hold hands as they do this. And the first question was, what are the three things that bring her joy? She says quality time, traveling, and decompressing. And I'm like, what? Your job? Not there. So maybe it doesn't bring her joy. It's just a thing she has to do. Um, I laughed when she said decompressing because that's something Clint is always complaining about, that she doesn't know how to just relax and be. Clint says, mine is the three Fs. Friends, family, and what's the last one? Gina's like, uh... Then she goes, food, or maybe he said it too. Um, but it's food. So they share That's not what I was expecting. They set me up. What did you think it was? Oh, something else that starts with an F. Oh, fuck? (laughs) Oh, sorry. Guy, I'm potty. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't think Clint would say that. He's more like a poop joke kind person than a raunchy. If it was Eris, yeah, for sure. That's what it would have (laughs) been. So, um... The the next question was share with each other things that were difficult and how you overcame it. Gina says that her childhood was hard and they moved around a lot and she's gone through therapy to have her, to get a mindset shift and realize that you are not a product of your environment. Clint shares that, you know, he got a girl pregnant and she had a miscarriage and that tore him out and he was just super excited Um, They had the conversation. It was her choice, whatever she wanted to do, but he wanted her to have it. I thought that was pretty cool. It was very open and very vulnerable. Yeah, just saying that it was her choice, but he wanted her to have it. He was fully committed, but that when she had the miscarriage, he got full body rashes because he was so nervous that he had never experienced having physical symptoms to an emotional situation. Oh, it's sad. It was sad. Yeah. So Gina said that she appreciated him being vulnerable and it makes her feel closer to him. Um, 
the next question was, what scares you about your level of chemistry with your spouse? And they all laughed. I'm like, what are the experts thinking? Like, what? <laughs> Gina's like, this is the easiest question. Like, we have the answer. And it's like, will it continue to grow? And I'm like, continue is an interesting choice of word. There's nothing to continue. There's nothing to grow. There is not a seed. So Clint says they need to try to make that bond before decision day. Still DOA, guys. They are DOA. Um, I don't know if producers heard us say that Shaq and Kirsten don't get enough airtime because they got all of the airtime this week. <laughs> so they have their questions and she asked him if he has ever, well, I don't know if, was it their questions or was it just a conversation? Um, I don't remember cards. I can't remember either. Yeah. Okay, so she asked him if he has ever been in love before, and he smiles and says that, yes, he has. She asks, how did he know that he was in love? He says, because she took time with him. He was living his dreams, and she was patient, and he just felt loved. Granted, this might be his true answer, but a little part of me thought that this was kind of like a subliminal message to Kirsten. Like, listen, I'm working all the time, but for me to feel loved, you just have to deal with the times that I'm not around. (laughs) (laughs) He says, growing up in a single parent household, his mom did the best that she could, but from um, the male perspective, he didn't have that. And then being thrown into the world, he was supposed to just figure that out. She says that she can relate that she has been in love before her last relationship was four years. And it, it was, she, it was hard for her to handle that someone who had her heart, um, it did not work out. And it made her close her heart up. She says she knows she didn't always open up to him and tell him how she felt. So she knows that that's something that she needs to work on and wants to grow in this marriage. And hopefully they can fall in love again, guys. Who this? This is such a huge leap. I don't know. A lot of people on Twitter are like, it's a fake out. Like everyone's like, don't fall for it. But I'm falling, guys. Sorry. Yes, I'm falling too. And it's like, here's the thing about fake outs. As much as this could be a fake out, everything we've seen before could be a fake out. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I can only go by what they show on TV. I'm not going to presume what's happening or what's not. And then I judge based on that, whether wrong or right. So he asked what it would take for her to fall in love. She says a lot of quality time. I think that's a subliminal message too. And she says being around him knowing how he feels, how to make him feel better. And she asked the same question to him and he says time. And she said, uh, spending time with each other. He's like, that's what you said, not me. (laughs) He says they can still be apart and he'll still consider it time. He says that he wants to make time for her, but it's hard and he needs to make himself happy. This is to us. Thank God. And that he needs to make himself happy. And when he's happy, then he can make her happier. He said, but if he's not making himself happy, like going to the gym, hanging out with his friends, he doesn't want to make himself miserable. I'm like, that is kind of selfish. Like, And counterproductive? You have eight weeks. You can hang out with your friends for the rest of your life. You have eight weeks to show this person that you've never met before. And that was, that, that threw me, that threw me off. That threw me off. Shaq has <laughs> fallen from grace. <laughs> He was looking a little golden there. And then he started running his mouth saying nonsense about, well, if we're apart, that's still time. What? (laughs) (laughs) 
But anyways, a little part of me just quickly thought, I was like, man, Shaq will probably be a good match for Alexis. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know how tall he is, but I think they'll be a good match. So she says she won't always be this needy, but they have a short period of time and she just met him and she wants to spend time with him. Facts. I see no lies. And he's like, well, I guess we just have to both be really intentional of our time and the time that we have together. Again, what? <laughs> so then we see Jasmine and Eris. Um, Eris is obviously COVID negative now. And he says for all the things that she did, he wants to offer to wash her dog, Duchess. And they go to a place, but all I see was Jasmine doing all the work. <laughs> I mean, he was just hyping in the background, like, oh, she looks good. Oh, Carl's popping, this popping. But she was the one just doing all the hard work. And then at the end of it, she's like, I really appreciate him. You know, he doesn't, he's not really into dogs, but, you know, him offering to help. Just offering is enough. The bar is <laughs> on the floor. But yeah. And then she said, he, Duchess is going to the groomers next, this week. <laughs> so he really didn't even matter. <laughs> Dust just got washed for no reason. I hope she doesn't have dry skin. Ha ha ha. So we see Chris and Nicole. Chris is giving himself a haircut. Nicole comes in to admire his work. And then they sit down and have a chat. And he says, you know, I have some insecurity about my body. It's not quite where I want it to be. And Nicole's like, I feel the same. I'm just not quite where I want to be. But we've been eating healthy together and working out more. And she says, I'm attracted to you as is. Don't feel like you have to do something because you want me to look at you a certain way. Chris stumbles out some words and then says here's the thing I think he said at the wedding they asked appearance wise about you but then when they show the flashback it was at the honeymoon yeah it's interesting because I remember him saying that at the wedding like the smile the things or whatever so unless he said it twice I think he said it twice and unless he said it after um gingery gate I think he said it twice, once at the wedding and once after Gingery Gate. Okay. Uh, and what it is, as he said, is Nicole's beautiful, great smile, great eyes, a little thicker than what I normally go for, but not in a bad way. And he tries to talk his way out of it. He said, like, thick, like athletic. It's sexy. He was just being honest in the moment. The music is not helping his case. <laughs> And then he tries even more and he says, you know, later you refer to yourself that way. And Nicole is like, hold up. She's like, uh, this is jarring. Like this could be perceived as insulting. Girls can say whatever they want, but it's different when you say it and she's taken it back and she doesn't expect this. And in an interview, she said that she's had full blown body dysmorphia because she's from New York, a large city surrounded by fitness influencers. And the body dysmorphia is something that she's been working on. And I get it. She's, she said it herself. She's not where she wants to be. And that's where a lot of it stems from. But first of all, Chris is like, let me just confess now. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want no problems, which is a good plan. Um, It's an uncomfortable conversation, but good on them for talking about it. Like just, you know, going through it. I do notice that she didn't have the big smoke that she had for Clint. <laughs> that she had for 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 him. But I, I would say it was kind of comparable. Because they're just describing what they used to date. So I don't know, maybe it's her husband, so she feels differently. But it is so wild. Because she said, 
thick is not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong, but don't use it to describe me. <laughs> I, 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 again, her choice, but it's so wild because cultures are different. It, for some demographic of people, thick is where it's at. Like people are not getting a BBL for no reason. Like it's like a compliment for people. And here we are like, no, don't, don't use it on me. So I get what she's saying. Like, you know, guys don't use the word athletic on this show. Like it's not, no, no, no. I thought that was a good thing, but clearly not. But yeah, it was she basically just schools him that he's not allowed to use the word thick. And she gives him a few other words he can use to describe her strong, sexy, badass. But that thick word is something that could be hurtful to her. And that's fair. But this is akin to Clint telling Gina, don't call me gingery. I don't like it. (laughs) Whether or not it's fact or not, don't say it. And instead of Gina saying, okay, that's fine. I wouldn't do it again. She's like, yeah, in my line of work, it doesn't matter. Chris could easily have been like, well, I hang around friends and that's how they describe. And just say, okay. That's a lesson. <laughs> Just say you don't like it. I respect that. And I will respect that moving forward. I think that this, the what Chris said though, is worse than Slendergate because he actually compared her directly. A yep. little thicker than what I usually go for. Whereas Clint just said, I have dated athletic and slender in the past. But just saying, because this is Chris <laughs> and Nicole, he's just, he gets a free pass almost. <laughs> Or Nicole is willing to give him, a, not a free pass, but she's not holding on to this, apparently. Yeah, she just let it slide. She doesn't want to rock the boat. Like, a lot of what she's doing, like, when I say, like, she's been not textbook or saying all the right things, doing all the right things, I wonder how much of it is, like you said, intentional. I think that's part of it. But I'm also wondering, like, is she scared that she's going to lose Chris? And if she loses Chris, like, this is like, like, does she think this is her last shot? Yes. At finding a person. And then part of it is rooted in fear and part of it is rooted in being intentional and not making the same mistakes that she has in the past. It's it's just interesting because when we, we give Nicole a lot of praise for like toning herself down because I think she is toning herself down, mm-hmm. but also the old Nicole, she probably feels like didn't serve her. But we still want her to be real. And I yeah. think now we're getting to a point where I'm like, is Nicole being real or is she just doing the perfection that she thinks she needs to? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good question for Keisha to ask if she's on after party. Since we only get women on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, we see Clint on a boat. Gina comes. She says, need a hand, Captain? And she gets on the boat and they go on a boat ride. He says a lot of boat things during the course of this trip. This is a mainsail. This is a boom. He tells her that he's had a passion for sailing his whole life. Um, and Gina asked when it started. He said he, it, when he was a fetus, that his mom is a sailing instructor. His mom was a sailing instructor and he's an eighth generation sailor. Um, she was wearing glo- sailing gloves in the beginning and I wondered if it was the one he gave as her wedding present. I, you know, probably we, we never seen them. So basically they just have a really nice boat ride. I did think like, when I think boat, like Gina had to do a lot of work. I just want to sit on the boat. <laughs> but she's adventurous. <laughs> she's learning all the things. Like, I just thought it was a really cute date. Aesthetically, the vibes, the sunset, 
it was just nice and she genuinely seemed to have a good time. Yes. It would be nice if they liked each other, but that's sailed away. No pun intended. Honestly, the more I see them on the screen together, the more disappointed I am that it didn't work out. Yep. That's on Gina's part. Like, I feel like if she gave way, Clint is ready, but she's already decided that it's done. (laughs) Which, okay, that's okay. I mean, that's her right. She doesn't have to be where we are, but when they have cute dates like that, which they have another one later, I'm just like, why couldn't this work? Y'all seem to actually like each other. I can't fault her. Like, I think that she's decided it's done, but I will say that she's trying. She's at least going on the date. She's at least going on the thing. So that's the only thing you can do, really. True. Next up is Shaq and Kirsten. They're talking about cookies. She says he hopes, they hope that whoever is coming over likes them. And we find out that his mentees are coming over. Um, <laughs> he tells her that the mentees are a huge part of his life. You know, they're they're very important. So they come in, four young guys. She asks if they're hungry. Um, and in her interview, she says she wants... he. Well, I'm sorry, Shaq says he wants her to understand why she, he spends a lot of time with them. So they all sit down. I just felt very sorry for them. Why are there four of them having to sit on this one couch? To cheek to jail. <laughs> um, they talk about their first impressions of Shaq. One says that he thinks thought he was corny then they talked about how that like fearless mentality and just willing to like hang out with them and dance with them and do all kinds of things that it made him more relatable um she asked them what their biggest fears were for him going into the process of being married at first sight one of them said i just hoped he wouldn't have anyone ugly (laughs) i mean that's valid (laughs) then we get into a reveal so One asks, like, what have you sacrificed? And Shaq shares that he was offered a job out of state. It was far. It was a big opportunity, big responsibility. And he said no without discussing it with Kirsten because he wanted to, I guess, stay in the process and get to know her. Um, And he says that he made a decision in the moment and he thought that if he brought it to the table, it would be a problem. Um, that's pretty huge saying no, but honestly, my first thought was like, did he say no because of her or because of his mentees? Um, I want to say that I, I, I really like Shaq's mentorship and I like his mentees. We've met them before at his suit fitting, his tuxedo fitting. Um, and we're meeting them now and they ask great questions. I don't think he needed to bring more people. She's asking for quality time. And then when you have time, you're bringing even more people to hang out. And I say, I don't know if he said no because of her as mentees, because in some way, because the human mind is complicated, I could be overthinking this, but I hope that Shaq is not using his mentees as a crutch. Things are always complicated as human beings. Like you are doing something good. You are doing something meaningful. But in the times where you feel like you haven't found love or you haven't whatever, and you you devote all your time into something, kind of like how Gina put all her time into work, is that into his mentees? Is there now a point where for anything he doesn't want to do, he can distract himself with his mentees? Because I just feel like he's very, very devoted devoted, um, to them. That being said, that is something you need to discuss with your wife. 
And this is now being a pattern of Shaq. Remember when the whole honeymoon conference thing started? I was mad because you didn't ask her. You just decided that she was coming with you. And this is the second time that, yes, it's going to be a problem, but you still talk to her. Look at Chris. It is a problem to call her thick, but he still talked about it. You got to have uncomfortable conversations. Uh, yeah, I thought he should have talked to her. He could have even talked to her and said, I've already made the decision. I'm just letting you know before I even get back to them. And here's why. I mean, I think it could have been an opportunity for her to say, you should take that job because I don't plan on being in this marriage. But I feel like Shaq avoided the question. I don't know. Shaq has a hero complex. Again, I'm not, I don't want to put judgment on people. I don't know, but these are just, what I'm saying is are just possibilities he seems like the kind of person that wants to be perfect and maybe a hero complex. And he would just be like, if anything happens, I gave up a job for you. How committed does that not show my commitments? I mean, he might not be that kind of person. I'm just saying. <laughs> Kirsten says that she knows that he's chasing his career and here it is a big opportunity. And he turned it down. She says that she appreciates him turning it down, but yeah, I still, then when we go back to the conversation, She says that she loves Nashville and her family is here, but she doesn't want to hold him back. Oh, no, that's not what she said on After Party. Um, (laughs) After Party is a different dimension in the same universe. (laughs) (laughs) So Eris and Jasmine have an open conversation about what would it take to fall in love. So first question, this is an assignment. So they have their list of questions from the experts. Eris asks how many times she's been in love. Before she can even answer, he's like, I guess about five for you. And she's like, why did you come up with that number? And he says, well, because you fall in love easy and stuff like that. And she says she's only been in love three times. And then she fake acts like she doesn't know that he's never been in love. And then she's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You've never been in love. So your answer would be zero. (laughs) Eris asks if being in love scares her. She says it's scary. But a lot of times you have to be uncomfortable to grow. Eris says that he was once trending in that direction. And then the person he was with ended things. This is all in an interview. So, no, that's not an interview. Sorry. So he doesn't want to be at home with ice cream, crying in his room. This experience happened to him when he was 28. And what he seemed to have learned from it is this is what happens when you let your walls down. It blows up in your face. And he spent the next decade having his guard up. He says meeting a new person is like a thrill, but anytime that he felt those kind of feelings, getting close to being in love, he would just go back to bachelor life where he was more emotionally comfortable. That's a problem. He needs to get checked out. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think married at first time, first sight is the place to check it out. Uh, No, I keep saying this is not therapy, guys. (laughs) She says that she feels like she's such a hopeless romantic that if it didn't work out, whatever. Um, She doesn't feel like past relationships make her not want love in the future. He asks if she's falling in love with this man in this marriage. And she says she wants to fall in love. But is she there? No. (laughs) In an interview, she says, I need more of an emotional connection deeper conversations and get to the root of more things before she'll head in that direction. (laughs) These two are another one. Time of death episode four. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, I don't, I see no hope for them. I'm not really sure what they're doing. I don't think they've had the, this is never going to work conversation, Mm-mm. but it's implied. Yeah. I, I don't even see where the way out is. Like, I have more hope about Gina and Clint than the both of them. Wow. <laughs> and wow. Gina and Clint have no hope, but yes. Mm-hmm. So Shaq and Kirsten go to the plant store. Shaq does an interview where he basically explains that his wife wants quality time and that she probably wouldn't consider going to the plant store quality time because he's the one who loves plants and growing things and et cetera. It would have been nice if they did something she wanted to do. It would have been. Um, he brought her to do something he loves, but I kind of get why he's doing that for her to see more of his life. And if she's not willing to share or open, I mean, he has no choice, but he's the one doing the actions. Okay. So they spend a lot of time. It appears looking for a plant because they need to buy one together. Kirsten seems to be kind of picky. She's like, she doesn't like different colors. This one looks scary. But the whole point is that they plant because they're life together and it'll love and grow just like their marriage. They discuss a plant. It seems to come down to two plants at one point. And Shaq is real insistent upon them getting one plant that to me looks the exact same as the other plant. But she lets him have it. And so they get the plant that he wants. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I'm not going to lie. This otherwise should be a cute outing i didn't find it cute it didn't give me the feels and shaq needs to relax because at some point when he was like he likes doing this because he likes plants because you get to see them grow because i'm growing and then i'm everything does not have to be a sermon like (laughs) we can just relax and we just like plants because i like tending to them like something as simple everything doesn't have to be deep so that was my only issue it didn't look relaxing I can understand how, like, plant shopping, mind you, I don't own one single plant. Plant shop, but I have gone plant shopping before. You just look at plants. It's very not stressful. But Shaq, I feel like, has listened to one too many podcasts. (laughs) I feel like he's, like, in a constant growth mindset. And I'm sure this has a lot to do with wanting to prove something and be successful. Kirsten and Shaq, between the two of them, they say grow a lot. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll be right back. And we are back to Eris and Jasmine. He brings her out a drink. They're sitting in their apartment and he says, let's get into it. They're going to play Never Have I Ever. Is that a good game to play? I don't know. Dangerous. (laughs) I say that they played that in Love is Blind and it was Brazil and that was so dangerous. Too much stuff came out, especially when you're not ready. (laughs) And they set it up with the scene that we saw. I was shocked to see that it had been 22 days since their honeymoon. Just because I feel like they have progressed like zero days since then. <laughs> um, and they show the conversation where he says a bunch of things about his sexual history. And she is very, very uncomfortable. So <clears throat> the first never have I ever is never kissing a member of the same sex. Eris has never. Jasmine has never. At that point, he says, really? You've never kissed a girl? He, was, he seemed very disappointed. He seemed very condescending. That too. Next, has anyone ever watched you have sex? 
She has a no, he has a yes. She makes the mistake of asking questions. She's like, oh, so you had a threesome? He said, no, I had an orgy. Multiple people. <laughs> then in an interview, he gives us more detail. You know, you might be with one person and then you and this other guy switch females. Then the the producer, interviewer, whoever's asking him is like, how many? And he's like, the silence is too long. Because <laughs> the only correct answer I think should be one. And that is not Eris's answer. Jasmine in her interview is just like, I, I don't need to know how many times. <laughs> She's fine not knowing that. Um, this is the point where Eris says that she needs more adventure and it's just like rude. He said, and I quote, your life sounds so boring. Ugh. Oh, the uh is me, but your life sounds so boring. Like, the, uh, it's me too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare you judge someone for how they choose to live your life? Like she could easily have said you're disgusting. <laughs> but she didn't. She didn't. She didn't. And next, and that's because we haven't had enough adventure. They keep going. Never have I never had a one night stand. Of course he has. Of course she hasn't. Then he says, you're supposed to do all this stuff before marriage. By whose rules? By whose rules? I like a pet peeve of mine is when everyone is like, oh, everyone be open-minded. Don't be judgmental or whatever. But we can't just put that towards one direction. Like only when you're doing certain things that you think. If people choose to live their life in a different way, haven't done certain things, you're also supposed to be open-minded and not judge people and let them live their lives the way they live it. So. And last but not least, in Eris's greatest hits, never have I ever cheated. Of course she's never cheated. He's taking a drink, of course. It just, she defends herself though. She's just like, how is my life boring just because I haven't cheated on anybody or kissed a girl. And Eric says that stuff sounds like, sounds like fun. A 39 year old man, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Jasmine says in an interview that she wanted deeper conversation. Listen to him talk about his sexual history. That ain't it. Next up is Shaq and Kirsten and they have a spockation here at home. He comes home from, if it feels like work and she's got a robe, she's got candles, she's got all this stuff set up. From the moment he walked in, it seemed like he did not want to be there. Yep. I'm glad you picked up on that. I thought it was just me. He kind of rallies a little, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was just, he didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. So they do the stuff, his little pedicure. She said she's going to be giving him a massage. She said she wants to take things to the next level and show him that she wants this to grow. See, there's that grow word again. Sorry. How did you interpret that? I was like, oh, you guys having sex tonight? (laughs) Okay, that's what I thought. I'm like, Kirsten wants the D. But by the end, I was like, does she really want the D? I don't know. I couldn't tell anymore. (laughs) So they put on face masks and they ask each other questions about something that they didn't know about each other. Shaq is, of course, very quick to say... He has a lot of insecurity about who he is and what he wants because he didn't play sports. He felt he had to prove himself. He talked about how going bald, like really that was, you know, and the scar, those are insecurities for him. She says very nicely that she appreciates him being honest. He thinks he's amazing. He's handsome and that he's always looking for excellence and it looks good on him. 
So then reciprocation. You tell me something about you. She couldn't do it. In fact, I was just flashing back to Iris in the quarter. (laughs) I was like, is this where we're going with this? She just could not do it. (laughs) Yeah, it was a push-pull because it was like, she first said, there's so much you don't know about me and there's nothing in to tell anybody. But do you think what was missing was, I don't want to tell you any on camera? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I thought, but then after party, I don't think that's what it was. Um, I actually do. Th- but here's where I'm like, okay, is it on camera? Look, guys, while the cameras are there a lot, there's plenty of time for the cameras to not be there. Shaq is clearly expressing frustration that even when the cameras aren't there, I don't think he's getting any parts of her that she's just not willing to share on camera. Yeah. I just... But- then why did she say there's so much you don't know about me? I'm like, you guys have known each other for like three and a half weeks. Of course there's a lot you don't know about each other. Of course there's stuff you could say. You just don't want to say it. Um, And I'm kind of glad because Shaq, I mean, I don't think this is the first time he's called her out for this, but he calls her out again. He's just like, uh, we started with commitment. We are both committed to this marriage. But being committed and being in love is not the same thing. And we're supposed to be working towards being in love. And if you can't share, we can't get there. I know Shaq was being honest, but something about the tone to your point of him being annoyed, he just seemed extra annoyed. Like, it's just, and I get it. He's frustrated. She's not, and it has to suck. Like, if even if, okay, like we said, he didn't want to be there. He was rallying. He was vulnerable. He just shared with you the camera and what is it that um, math doesn't ratings a mill people that he's insecure about stuff, his scar, his things. That's hard. And then you turn around and you're like, yeah, I got nothing. (laughs) So I know he's annoyed, but something about his tone a little deeper than that just seemed like he just doesn't like her as a person. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's going that direction the longer it goes on. I also think this whole nonsense about him being busy, if he wanted to spend time with Kirsten, if it was something that brought him joy, I think he would find time for it. I think it's an excuse to be away from her because he is not enjoying this experience with her. Yeah. That's why I said I hope he's not using his mentees as a crutch because I don't, I don't know. But yeah. It just, it, it was off-putting a little bit, the tone that he used to talk to her. Because I'm like, I, I, my fear is, again, I don't know if I'm being scammed, but I'm believing Kirsten and what is happening. And she's trying to put in an effort. But my fear is like, he's going to get to that point where he can't come back from. And he's like, I, I can't do this anymore. And it's just Kirsten has what she's been asking for. She wanted a really educated man. She wanted a man that wanted to be here from what we know, because Lord knows you never know anyone's true intentions. She has that. And I know she's working on being vulnerable, but I just don't want her to fumble the bag because they might, they, they have something. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder, I, the weird thing is I still kind of have hope for Shaq and Kirsten. Kirsten. I thought I said it right. I still have hope for Shaq and Kirsten. I don't think they're hopeless, but I think he is running out of patience. Yeah. that I just hope he doesn't. That's the thing. Like, she needs to rally. 
Who knows? Maybe next week. I can't remember what the preview said. But anyway. Oh, he said, I am not going to keep wasting my time with someone who doesn't want to open up. <laughs> Which is, I think is his right. I think it's his right to say that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we end with a commercial. <laughs> I mentioned a couple weeks ago that their apartment is walking distance to Bridgestone Arena. So apparently Bridgestone Arena, I couldn't tell if it was a commercial for the arena itself or for the professional bull riders who happened to be in town. What do you think it was? Um, neither, actually. <laughs> I just thought there was something they wanted to do and they got good seats. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I was convinced that this was sponsored somehow, some way. So they go to PBR, Professional Bull Riders. I went to the rodeo last week, so it was perfect timing for me to watch this. Um, <laughs> they seem to have a really good time watching the bull riders. In an interview, Clint says he thinks that he could bull ride. I was like, Clint, come on. Then he follows up and said he could die, but he thinks he could do it. That Gina disagrees. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Because <laughs> he said it with a straight face, too. <laughs> Gina disagrees and says that she doesn't think he would last three seconds because I have just watched professional bull riders. Even the professional bull riders, some of them don't last three seconds. So, so, so I don't know about Clint. Um, he reiterates that he thinks he can do it. They seem to have a really nice time together. They definitely walked away like with their arms around each other. And they agree that it's nice to get out. And Clint said maybe it will spark romantic feelings. I don't know about that, but hope springs eternal hope springs eternal my only takeaway from that is gina sure loves her them bike shorts oh okay she wears them at every because that's what she wore to the boat sailing that's what she wore to the event and i've seen her wear it a couple of times early throughout the season okay okay they look good on her you know how i feel about bike shorts but they don't look i mean for bike shorts they look good on her all right Tane, who has your bouquet this week? All right. I nearly got swayed. I had two people in consideration. As always, if it's not your bouquet, I'll say the second person. But I gave it to Kirsten. I just, I mean, she put in the effort. It was a turnaround. She said all of the things. She wants to be around him. She's not repulsed by him. I, I don't know what to do with this new Kirsten, but I'm embracing it. And she gets the bouquet this week. Who has yours? I'm going to give it to both Gina and Clint. I just feel like this episode, they tried. And they went on some really cute dates together. And maybe they've accepted that they're done so. But I just felt like this week, they both put in the effort. And it was nice to watch them have a good time together. Okay. That's good. Clint was my second choice, not Gina. Gina is the person who's deading this relationship, so no. But uh, I give it to Clint because he's just trying. And Clint is kind of, he. I don't know how you can be obnoxious and likable at the same time. But he's just a likable dude. Like, he just tries, you know? I think for me, he's still just obnoxious. <laughs> Who has your burnt ashes? Um, Shaquille. Really? Yes, Shaquille has my burnt ashes because I did not like that conversation. You've been hounding on her to get to know her. She's finally at that point where she's willing to get to know you. And you're like, even if we're apart, it's still time. I have to do what I want to do. 
What are the things, Jim, my friends? And if I'm happy, then I can make you happier. How does that work, my friend? Um, and just all around, just giving that vibe like, you know, you're half in, half out. Not, not, not like not committed, but just like he was not in a good, he didn't give good vibes this episode. Let me just put it that way. That's why he has my ashes. Who has yours? I have to give them to Eris. Deservedly. <laughs> this relationship, I feel like, is at a stalemate and it will never grow. Nope. I get that Eris is honest. I appreciate that about him. But you can be honest without being condescending. You can be honest with... Uh, I, I, it just didn't feel right. Like, in After Party, Jasmine tells us more about the conversation and how she feels about it, and that's fine. But I just felt like Eris acted like an ass. Yeah. Plus that whole, I'm fending for myself. Like, (laughs) you're a young, healthy man. If you got all your COVID and you got all your boosters, you should be fine to take care of yourself while you have a little bout of COVID. (laughs) All right, guys. That's it for this week. You can find Tane on the Rewatch with Nana. They have just wrapped up covering season 6A of Sex and the City. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please give us a five-star rating if you're so inclined. And we will be here next, not next week, but the week after. Don't forget the episode will be coming out on Tuesday and not Friday. See you then. Bye. Thank you.